Once again, my friend, from the pulpit of the Church of Common Sense, this is your old friend, Brother Chuck, here as we embark on yet another sermon of the sins that will do you in for the week ending October 14th. 2023. Listen, we thank you so much, those of you that have found this podcast and those of you that listen to it uh, once a week. Uh, we post snippets of the podcast during the week on our Church of Common Sense Facebook page. You can share those with your friends. You can share this podcast with your friends. There's a link where you can do that and tell them so they can listen in for uh, a little bit of common sense, some music, uh, some good times, some fun, and yet a serious look at what's going on. All right. 
So we start off with uh, the tune, I was bad before bad was good. And there's a lot of bad things going on in the world. We're going to talk about the top five sins of the week today. So let's get kicked off with sin number five. Today from our Have We Done the Wrong Thing Right files, we talk about the eighth sin. And yes, you know the seven sins it'll do you in. Ignorance, arrogance, pride, deception, greed, laziness, and apathy. But the eighth sin we don't really categorize as a sin because it masquerades as more of a disease than anything else. And that is the disease slash sin of hypocrisy. And the question to be asked is, has the woke mentality turned around to bite itself in the ass? Let me tell you what I mean by that. Recently, I got a call from a friend of mine who works for a very large corporation in the United States. And this large corporation owes billions of dollars in debt service. They have owed billions of dollars in debt service for years now. And all reports show that they really are not making a dent in what they owe. So ever so often, they have to go before the board of directors and the lenders and explain why they're not paying down the debt and what they can do to appease those holding the debt on this multi-billion dollar debt service. One of the key elements these days, and one of the questions that's always asked, it's a gotcha question, especially in big corporations where there are many, many stockholders of various races, uh, sexual preferences, uh, religions, uh, ethnic or cultural backgrounds. One of the big concerns is, are you doing anything and everything to satisfy the multicultural woke community? And in order to make sure that all employees are marching to the beat of the same drummer and everybody's towing the line and everybody's kumbaya singing the song, get along, get along, let's all get along. Many of these companies put their employees and especially the management personnel through hours and hours of webinars, seminars, online classes where you have to view and be part of conference calls discussing how to properly address the new woke mentality. So recently, one of my friends, and like I said, I still have many that work out in the woke world, called me with a concern saying, today I was subjected to something that I really disagree with and have a problem with. And let me tell you the language that was used in this particular webinar or seminar. Whereupon I learned that this webinar or seminar had lasted a little over an hour and it was part of a multi-program series where this was just the one of many programs that would have to be viewed over a certain amount of time with a test taken at the end of the programming, uh, program, I should say, to make sure that the employee understood what they had just viewed. One of the questions, uh, or one of the statements, I should say, posed by the presenter in this particular webinar was, if you are white, you possibly, you cannot, I should say, possibly understand race. I'm going to say that once again. If you are white, you can't possibly understand race. And those are the words that were said during this webinar. I know they sent me a link to the webinar and I watched it myself. Which got me to thinking of the thousands upon thousands of employees I know that were forced to view this webinar for this large company that is millions of dollars in debt. And this probably is nothing more than what we call a good old CYA moment, a cover-your-ass moment, because you can this way say, well, we showed them a webinar, they all watched it, they took a test, they understand it, we've done our part, can we kick the can of debt down the road a little further? <laughs> 
Nonetheless, I digress. Of the thousands of employees no doubt required to view this, I'm sitting there thinking, okay, if you're white, you can't possibly understand race. So what about the white female viewing this webinar or listening to this derivative that's married to a black man? What about a person of Jewish descent that is married to a Christian? What about a person of Latino descent that might be married to a white person and have half-white, half-Latino children? Are you going to tell them that they don't understand race? They married a white person. Are you going to tell the white person they don't understand race? They married someone of a, of a different culture, of a different ethnic background. And furthermore, as I told my friend, do you feel afraid of losing your job for not adhering to accepting people of the LGBTQ community? I mean, let's face it. Most of this today is geared around accepting the beliefs of the lesbian, gay, transgender, queer, whatever uh, culture. But if your religion teaches you to feel differently and you don't feel comfortable accepting those beliefs, do you fear for your job? Because if you do, and I tell this because I know there's some of you out there that may be facing this, if you do, that constitutes a hostile workplace. If you're forced to view a webinar, a seminar, take a course, view a video or whatever that says you must, to work for this company, be tolerant and accepting of the LGBTQ, the lesbian, bisexual, transgender, queer belief, or you can't work here, then guess what? You fear for your job. And if you fear for your job, then someone has created a hostile workplace. But the hypocrisy of it all is the point here. I mean... How hypocritical could you be? If you're white, you can't possibly understand race. I don't care if you have black friends. I don't care if you're married to a black person, married to a Latino. I don't care if you're married to a Muslim, if you're married to someone of Russian descent. If you're white, you can't understand race. But if they are listening, they can't understand your feelings because you're white. Ah, good old-fashioned hypocrisy. <laughs> One of the sins that will do you in, and a disease that masquerades as the eighth sin. Here on the Church of Common Sense, Brother Chuck here, with another Common Sense Revival. Everything's wrong in the world today They blame it on the white man Blame it on the white man When the government takes too much of your pay They blame it on the white man Blame it on the white man All the unemployed, paranoid And everyone annoyed They blame it on the white man on the, white man. the Dixie Chicks, terrorists, the blinded six, they all blame it on the white man. 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 They blame it on the white man 
Just do your best to make him feel ashamed When you can call him out by name You don't have to justify your claim When you blame it on the white man Now the plight of the poor, the cost of war, the robbery down at the liquor store. Blame it on the white man. Blame it on the white man. The price of food, your attitude, the bad tattoo. They blame it on the white man. Blame it on the white man. All the lack of rain, the hurricane, the dress that stain. They blame it on the white man. Poverty, the economy, and of course slavery. Blame it on the white man. 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 Do your best to make him feel ashamed When you can call him out by name You don't have to justify your claim Blame it on the white man Yeah, blame it on the white man 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 Do your best to make him feel ashamed When you can call him out by name You don't have to justify your claim Just blame it on the white man All you don't have to justify your claim Just blame it on the white man Hey, thanks for checking out our weekly podcast here, The Countdown of the Sins It Will Do You In. You know, we do it each and every week here. And uh, in the middle of this, we interject a little sports into the whole thing with our friend in high places, I.B. High in the Sky, traffic reporter and football prognosticator who is here. I.B., how'd you do last week, huh? Well, talk about we had a little bit of a rough week last week. Oh? Yeah, six wins and eight losses. But overall, our record for the year is not too bad, 46 oh. and 32. That'll do. Yeah, it's getting to that point where it's hard to figure out who's going to win and who's going to lose, right. who's hurt, who's not right. hurt, yep. whether or not Taylor Swift is going to show up at the game, all these are variables <laughs> and things like that, you know. <laughs> all right, that's enough, I think. Anyway, by the way, speaking of which, uh, Miss Swift did not show up in Minnesota in Prince Land last week. I heard that. Yeah, it didn't have any bearing on the game. The Chiefs still look good. Yeah, they do. All right, speaking of the Chiefs, uh-huh. they get the Thursday night matchup this Thursday night, and they get to take on Sean Payton and the Denver Broncos. Yeah. Poor old Sean. Hmm. After opening his mouth one too many times and talking about how badly the Broncos were coached last year, <laughs> he lost to the guy that could did what he called the bad coaching and is now coaching for the Jets last yes, week. Yes, he did, didn't he? Yeah. Sean's got some problems in Denver, and yeah. one of them is named Russell, right. and the other one is named Wilson. Okay, now. <laughs> I don't believe that's the quarterback Sean Payton's going to go with, but we'll see who comes about next. You never know as the season goes along. In the uh, meantime, yep. Chiefs-Broncos on Thursday night. That's an easy win for the Kansas City Chiefs. They're at home in Arrowhead. No report as to whether or not Miss Swift will show up on primetime TV <laughs> on Thursday night. All right, then. On now to the rest of Sunday's games. We yeah. start with the Ravens and the Tennessee Titans. Okay. You know, I had high hopes for the Titans last week. They didn't quite pull it off, but i got to tell you, Lamar Jackson and the Ravens look too good. I'm going with Baltimore there. Yeah. Falcons, they shocked me by winning last week. Yeah. Commodores shocked me by not winning. <laughs> so I'm going to go with the non-shocker. Falcons at home over Washington and right. the uh, former Redskins now known as the Commander Commodores. All right, then. In the meantime, Chicago Bears, Minnesota Vikings. Mm-hmm. Talk about a boar fest. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's at home in Chicago, and for that reason, IB says Minnesota will win. <laughs> All right, IB. All right, rest of the games, Cincinnati Bungles and Joe Burrow taking on the Seattle Seahawks. Right. Got off to a little bit of a slow start, but they looked better last week. I'm going with the Bungles there. Okay, then, IB. One of the two undefeated teams, yeah. San Francisco 49ers, got to travel to Ohio. Right. Where the Cleveland Browns will take on them. IB says it's going to be closer than most people think, oh. but give that one to uh, the San Francisco 49ers, and you can look for a win there. All right, then. Very good. Panthers still looking for their first win. They'll continue to look for that after taking on the Dolphins down in Miami this weekend. An right. easy win for the Miami Bunch there. All right. Jacksonville Jaguars up the coast in Florida, taking on the Indy Colts. Jaguars have had to go to England for the last couple of weeks, which is like their second home, but they'll be glad to be at their first home, and they should win easily over the Colts in Jacksonville. All right, then. Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah. Yes. Put your money on Las Vegas over the New England Patriots. Yeah. Patriots lost last week to the Saints. Have we seen the Patriots look worse? Not in a while. Not in quite some time. No. Buccaneers, mm-hmm. Detroit Lions. Mm-hmm. This could be the Bucks' toughest game so far and one of the toughest they played this year. Yeah. The Lions look good, but IB says a squeaker for the Buccaneers uh-huh. at home in Tampa Bay this Sunday. All right, Dan. Rams and Cardinals. Yep. IB still says the Cardinals are better than they look. Really? But... Not that good. Rams over the Cardinals this week in a win at home in L.A. Uh-huh. Eagles will fly by the Jets very easily. Yeah. The Buffalo Bills taking on the New York Giants. Right. That one takes place mm-hmm. Sunday night, and you can look for a big win for the Bills there in the battle of not much of a battle of New York. <laughs> Chargers and Cowboys. Yeah. Late game on Monday night. Yeah. Every time I.B. watches the Cowboys, yeah. I.B. continues to think, no. <laughs> All right, I.B. <laughs> Give this one to the L.A. Chargers at home. And uh, last but not least, yes. the I-10 Bowl. The I-10 Bowl. The Houston, Texas, 2-3 oh. yeah. against the Black and Gold New Orleans Saints, 3-2, yes. yeah. taking place in Houston. Right. Chuggy Baby, yeah. I.B. says, put your money on the Texans. Really? Yep. Texans are going to absolutely demolish the Saints when it's all said and done. You think so? It'll be quite an embarrassment. Uh-huh. And if I.B.'s not right, yep. Well, it'll still be an embarrassment just of another kind. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I mean. All right. Remember, it all gets started Thursday night, and then, of course, the Sunday morning game back mm-hmm. over across the pond with yep. the Titans and the Baltimore Ravens. That is right. Tennessee's a home game, but, you know, they're about as home in uh, London as they are in Nashville these days. <laughs> so that's probably done. Hopefully we do a little better than last week. Y'all drive safely. Have a lovely football-watching weekend. Thank you. Behind the sky, you should be too. Of course. Awesome. My Japanese speaking Chinese pilot. Yep. Check it out. From the Church of Common Sense, we continue with our countdown of the sins that will do you in. The top five sins of the week. And you know them well the seven sins plus the disease and the sin that masquerades as hypocrisy. They are ignorance, arrogance, pride, deception, greed, laziness, uh, And, of course, the sin of apathy. And that sin occupies the number four slot on our countdown this week. The healthcare industry is fed up. They're not the only ones that are fed up, but they are fed up. So much that 75,000-plus medical workers from the firm Kaiser Permanente went on a planned three-day strike to put pressure on what is the nation's leading nonprofit U.S. healthcare network for a new contract. Now, of course, you've heard all about the United Auto Workers. We'll get to that in just a second. And by the way, there are other people that are ticked off and ready to strike. But this, Kaiser Permanente, represents the largest walkout ever in the United States healthcare sector, surpassing a strike in 2018 that involved over 50,000 people. This was a $75,000 plan, three-day strike. Now, knowing how important health care is and how vital it is to Americans and their survival, they wouldn't stay on the strike for longer than three days, but they sent a huge message to the United States government, who you know just kicked the debt down the road, saying, we've had enough. This stems from staffing shortages, that is largely a consequence of the burnout from COVID-19. You see, all the time that the government and the mainstream media were using COVID-19 to get what they wanted, and that was control, rising insurance costs, and, of course, 
the person they deemed they wanted in office elected, they didn't tell us about the repercussions that might occur down the line. And here we are some four years later, and now we're starting to see it. So what do the workers demand? And what is the company offering? Well, some of the key demands by the workers at Kaiser Permanente, and again, these are guys that do these nonprofit things. You wonder where you get your flu shot. You've been hearing all along, oh, it's not going to cost you anything. It's free. It's free. Go get a shot. Go get a COVID-19 shot. Get the booster. Get the vaccine. It's free. Well, you know it's not free. Somebody's paying for it somewhere. Well, Kaiser Permanente is one of the firms that does a lot of this volunteer stuff, nonprofit stuff, but it's not volunteer. They expect you get paid. Some of the demands they want, Higher pay, they say, to keep up with the cost of living. They want a $25 per hour minimum wage for all healthcare workers and a reform bonus structure. Now, the bottom line is all that gets you shot for free, go to the hospital for free, is now taking its toll on the healthcare industry. The government, in cahoots with the national media, never warned us about this, as we told you. Meanwhile, Kaiser Permanente has offered across the board wage increases of 12 to 16 percent. The workers want 25 stretched out over four years. So why are the workers worried? Well, more than 5 million U.S. medical workers left their jobs during the pandemic that call, and just went away and said, and listen, I know several of them. I know several uh, registered nurses who now are selling real estate, who are doing various things uh, to, to make money because they just couldn't take the burnout anymore. Well, that caused an acute staffing crunch across the nation. The union insists Kaiser needs to hire some 10,000 healthcare workers now just to fill the vacancies they have. So here's the big question. Now we're talking 75,000 people here versus, you know, several thousand for the United Auto Workers. Will Joe Biden join the picket line of these striking workers like he did with the UAW? In January, about a third of the nurses in the United States said they were considering leaving their profession because the pandemic had left them overwhelmed, fatigued. According to a survey of some 20,000 nurses nationwide, uh, the unions are asking Kaiser Permanente to make massive investment in the education and training of future healthcare workers. They're also asking for a diminished role for vendors. So Kaiser, one of the largest U.S. medical employers, has 68,000 nurses, 213,000 technicians, clerical workers, and administrative staff, plus 24,000 doctors. Kaiser Permanente serves about 13 million people, and this is just in eight states and the District of Columbia. So why are we not hearing about this? Last month, 500 dialysis caregivers went on strike at two dozen satellite health care and kidney care clinics across California. They struck because unfair labor practices. And right now, it looks like 2023 will be the busiest year for strikes since 2019. The union wants what it describes as a competitive compensation that accounts for the increased cost of living. They're saying a $25 hour wage is fair. That would be 6 to 7% over the next four years. So you're asking yourself, I know you are, well, how does that compare to what the United Auto Workers are demanding? All right, so they want 6 to 7%. The United Auto Workers, meanwhile, are asking for a 46% wage increase, a reduced work week to 32 hours, and now Mack Trucks has joined the strike after voting against a five-year contract agreement to raise their salaries. Physicians, hospitals, emergency rooms, they say, will not be impacted because of the strike. It was only three days, but facilities did have to reduce staff. Meanwhile, we're not done yet. Walgreens, you know them. You see them on the corner. They're known as the corner drugstore. Well, guess what? Pharmacy employees at Walgreens walked off the job, citing harsh working conditions created by undersized staff, leaving them unable to fill prescriptions safely, they say, while meeting the continuing growing demands of a busy vaccine season. Oh, that free COVID vaccine, it's not going to have any effect. Just get along with the free flu shot. By the way, Walgreens did the same thing. They did a three-day walkout organized entirely via social media. So the long and short of this is all of this effect that COVID had 
may not be over. Even though the nasty bug that was supposed to be washed away with soap and water in the beginning, you know, has run its course, uh, maybe not. And it could be even more dangerous down the line when you go to your Walgreens or you go to your local drugstore and need something and there's nobody there to fill your prescription. Why? Because they can't hire replacement employees for those have decided just quit altogether. Apathy. The healthcare workers are fed up and it's true. Laughter ain't the best medicine anymore. Brother Chuck here from the pulpit of the Church of Common Sense. lot of talk these days about the government's health care plan. Hundreds of single-spaced typewritten pages nobody understands. But the latest edition of the last revision has still got to be revised. And so far, the only thing certain is that our blood pressure's starting to rise. You see, they talk and they talk and they talk and they talk, but they never really say that much. All the time using those magic words, hope and change like a crutch. Should someone's pain be someone's gain? The answer's anything but clear. But we all agree that it's you and me who are going to take it in the rear. So if it's true that laughter's the best medicine, well, it sure ain't funny what the government's doing to us. Anytime, anywhere, anybody brings up health care. It turns into a feud, a fight, and a fuss. Do we really want them bozos up on Capitol Hill? Deciding how and when and where, who will get what till? If it's true that life is the best medicine, well, it sure ain't funny what the government's doing to us. Hall meetings with shouting and screaming and finger pointing and accusing about who's gonna pay for the hospital stay when somebody told us home a bruising. The only medication for this situation is for us to agree with one another. Yeah, we're all sick of hearing about it, but we ain't real sure we're covered. Hey, look at that, what do you see? It's another politician on your TV saying, If you'll only vote for me, I'll agree to disagree. Over and over and over and over we hear the same old story. And the news media shoving it at us like it was a suppository. If it's true, then laughter's the best medicine. Well, it sure ain't funny what the government's doing to us. Common Sense Revival continues here with the countdown of top five sins of the week here. And I'm Brother Chuck from the pulpit of the Church of Common Sense. We're up now to sin number three, and it is the sin of pride. Oh, go with the saying, pride cometh before the fall. Well, maybe true. Be careful of what you're proud of these days. You probably haven't heard about this. And he is within his right to do so, but boy, it is not making people happy. It is, however, I warn you, it is, however a telltale sign of what's to come. Bill Ackman is a hedge fund CEO. After the skirmish broke out in Israel, war, as they're calling it, launched by Israel against Hamas, some students at Harvard were quick to take the side of Hamas and the Gaza Strip. 
and they were proud to do so. So Bill Ackman, who is a hedge fund CEO, asked Harvard for the names of those students that signed off, put their name on a letter exclusively blaming Israel for the violence. He did so because he didn't want to inadvertently hire them. In other words, you've come out against Israel, I'm not going to hire you. Now, the letter itself has been criticized by prominent alumni from Harvard, President Larry Summers. It was signed by 34 different student groups. At least five student groups of, say they have withdrawn their endorsements, but that's because they realize, oh my God, this might have an effect on my career later on. I've gone and spent all mommy and daddy's money on this degree, and now I may not be able to be hired because I shut off my mouth. The Harvard Crimson newspaper says that Ackman is getting a bit carried away, calling for a blacklist, but you know what? Guess what? He's a businessman. He has the right to do it. Just like any businessman, woman, business owner has the right to fire you, get rid of you, or not hire you because they don't like your beliefs. Again, in a previous podcast, we talked about social media suicide. This is not even social media suicide. These guys wrote a letter, put their name on it, and says, we think it's Israel's fault. Guess what? You're never going to get hired by certain people because of this. This could follow them the rest of their life. Now, they'll apologize and say, oh, I was young and dumb. Oh, I was young and I was uh, influenced. Blah, blah, blah. It doesn't matter. Meanwhile, the mainstream media continues to promote the Internet is the source of misinformation, largely because... For years, the mainstream media, as we've talked about, has been able to control the weak-minded, telling people how to think, vote, and what, or what not to believe. Elon Musk buying Twitter and changing the name to X has not helped things. There is a huge fog over the Israel-Hamas war, and many people are blaming Musk and his Twitter, now known as X platform. Researchers, professional fact-checkers are lamenting that Certain social media sites are a hotbed of misinformation and disinformation, misleading content, getting marked as factual. For instance, they say that footage of one urban landscape illuminated by red flashes described as an Israeli bombardment of Gaza turned out to be fireworks in Algeria. How are we to know? Most of us have never been to, seen, or even knew where Gaza was until this happened. Another video with hundreds of thousands of views billed as an Israeli helicopter getting shot down by Hamas was a clip from a video game. And Musk has not been very helpful, they say, in steering users toward credible sources. Why? Because he wants to make money. He's got a social platform that needs to make money. Again, we go back to the belief that, you know, sooner or later, you have to think for yourself. You've got to look at something and say, you know, is that you know is that really true or has that been doctored all the fact checking and, and snopes verification in the world is not going to make up your mind if you decide something different and i mean you can listen today with photoshopping and with ai with artificial intelligence we all know what's capable of being done and it's very difficult if sometimes impossible to tell what's real and what's fake anymore now the media goes on saying you know misinformation disinformation is coming from the internet but then we know that the media has been guilty of that as well and misleading us over the years but again concerning the sin of pride as this goes on there will be those to take the side of hamas there will be social media posts citing who's at fault here. And you just have to be reminded that, yes, you can choose to repost, like, comment on something like that, but don't think for one moment that the government is going to step in and save you when it comes to a private business and whether or not they want to hire you. Remember, free speech does not exist in the business world. Because the only one that can decide what's funny is the one that controls the money. Brother Chuck here from the pulpit of the Church of Common Sense.
discuss the sin of arrogance, one of the sins that will do you in, and arrogance where the media is concerned. You know, for a long time, I've been a huge fan of the program CBS Sunday Morning. I watched it when uh, Charles Kuralt hosted it years ago, and I followed Charles Kuralt to Charles Osgood, always enjoying the program, because aside from all the political chatter that was going on during the week, which I could watch on 60 Minutes or 48 Hours or Nightline, Dateline, whatever program is on talking about that. The CBS Sunday Morning Show featured uh, stories about art, music, different geographical places in the world that I I hadn't been. And it was uh, an enjoyable feature for an hour and a half and a good way to start Sunday morning. I still watch the program. I am not a fan of of Jane Pauley. But there are certain segments, and there are certain hosts on there that I do like to watch. I enjoy Tracy Smith. I enjoy the guy that does the the media discussion um, and and several of the other hosts on, on Sunday morning when they talk about art or music or various locations off the beaten path in the world. That said, for the past several years now, it started right after Donald Trump got elected president, the show has found a way to somehow weave into its discussion 
its opinion about various things. And the latest topic that the arrogant mainstream media is pushing on its agenda is don't trust the Internet. You cannot watch a program anymore that, and it's not just CBS Sunday Morning, that any of the network programs don't try to persuade you to not believe what you see on the Internet. Don't trust the Internet. The Internet is a big purveyor of misinformation, blah, 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 this, that, and the other. I love this because they get through saying, and remember, don't trust the Internet. You know, today's social media is always spreading misinformation. And for more on this, make sure you go to our website or check out our Facebook page or read our blog or download our podcast. (laughs) You know, don't trust the media, but believe us. Don't trust the Internet, but believe us, I should say. The arrogance of the mainstream media. Don't trust the Internet. Now, I bring this up because now is an important time. Yes, you will see a lot of misinformation in the coming weeks concerning the conflict between the Israelis and Hamas and the Gaza Strip. You know, we pray that this is a conflict that will resolve itself. But let's remember, those of us that have been around for a while... Remember when this happened in the 1970s? We had the same thing happen when they took the Iranian, when the Iranians took American hostages back in the Jimmy Carter days, and did not free them until Ronald Reagan took over as president. Why? Because they were afraid Ronald Reagan would send the jets after their ass and bomb the hell out of them. And that may be what it takes this time. It may take someone like Donald Trump getting reelected. And firing up the jets and saying, look, forget it. We're just going to bomb the hell out of you. But we are in danger of seeing the same thing happen over the next couple of years that happened in the 1970s, which led to gas rationing, which led to high, high interest rates, which led to double-digit inflation, people losing their homes, people out of work. It all got righted, but it took a couple of years of the Reagan era to bring it back. And we could see that again. But the arrogance of the mainstream media is don't trust what you see on the Internet. Do you know why? Because for years, the media had you all to themselves. You believed what CBS, ABC, NBC, and later on Fox said. Why? Well, because they were the media. They were the authority on everything. Of course, their reporting was fair and unbiased. (laughs) But now, there's a whole other source. And it's countless number of sources because you can go online and find out things that you were never able to find out before simply by doing your own research. And the arrogance of the media is trying to tell you Don't believe what you read on the Internet. When you already know this, any person with an average IQ and intelligence knows to take some things with a grain of salt. You don't believe everything you see in the tabloids on the newsstands at the grocery store. Maybe you do. There's some people that do. Some people still think, Elvis is alive, Bigfoot exists, the Loch Ness Monster is real. But really and truly, you know, that's no different than lying to our children and telling them Santa Claus makes it all around the world in one night delivering toys and goodies. That's on the Internet too, by the way. So just know the next time you're watching, viewing, or listening to a mainstream newscast, from the networks. The reason they are so arrogant in trying to get you to not believe anything you see on the internet is it's their main competition. They no longer have control of your thoughts. They cannot sway the way you believe because when they say something, you're going to go on the internet and check it out to see if indeed they're telling the truth. And that's what they don't want. But they know it's going to happen. They know they have lost your trust. Why? Because they themselves over the years have blown their credibility. 
They were arrogant. They had you in the palm of their hand. And then long came social media and the, ED and the internet. And poof, they don't anymore. That's the main reason for the media's continued self-worth and arrogance. Brother Chuck here from the pulpit of the Church of Common Sense. Thank you. 
I've said it before, I'll say it again. You know, what the government wants is your vote. Once they get your vote, they can take your money. But what they really need to keep doing what they've been doing all along is your ignorance. If you don't know no better, you won't get no better. And that is what the government needs. The sin of ignorance is very obvious in all that's been going on this week with the horrific and horrible events that we're hearing about in Israel and the beginning of what will no doubt be a long and difficult war between the Israelis and those that wish death to them, not just the members of the Gaza Strip and the Hamas-led terrorists, but all of the countries surrounding them that sympathize with this. And I bring this up and relate it to the sin of ignorance because you and I, my friend, are being attempted to be kept in the dark about what's really going on. It's been a little more than a month since the anniversary of the September 11th tragedy and the bombings of the World Trade Center as the planes crashed into the World Trade Center, the Pentagon, those people that lost their lives in vain 22 years ago. It was not reported until recently that on that day, Joe Biden signed an agreement to give $6 billion to Iran. Oh, it's come to light now. But you didn't hear anything about this as we were talking about the shutdown of the federal government and the fact that we had to kick the federal budget down the road for 45 days because we couldn't seem to come to an agreement. They ousted the Speaker of the House over it. The media had something to talk about for a few days, but essentially nothing has been done. Now the clock is ticking. Now we're a little more than 30 days from, guess what, another government shutdown unless we do something. And now we find out that the government shut down because they couldn't pass a budget because we are trillions and trillions of dollars in debt. We find out that on September 11th, a horrible date to do anything, Joe Biden agreed to give Iran $6 billion. Now, why do I bring this up? Even though there will probably never be a way to tie this money to the horrific events that happened in the Gaza Strip and the murder of innocent Israeli women, children, and civilians, we all know that where Iran is concerned, you certainly cannot be trusted. But you see, we didn't know about this because the government needs our ignorance. They need us not to know what's going on. If anything was said about this in the mainstream media, it was a little blurb here or there before they got to the next Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey story or reporting on something other than what they should have been talking about. And let me tell you why this bothers me even more. Not just the fact that it's obvious that the government is working in cahoots with the mainstream media to perpetuate our continued ignorance of what's going on, but that what happened in Israel could happen here because we have been so lax about keeping up with what's going on on the southern border. It's not just Mexicans and Latinos and poor people looking for work and a better life for themselves pouring into our country. It's Muslim terrorists. It's Muslim sympathizers. It's Hamas. It's crooks of every nature. We haven't checked them. They got into our country. We don't know how. We don't know where they are. And we have no idea what they're going to do next. Remember, as I told somebody this week, it only takes one idiot to detonate a bomb and kill no telling how many people. 
four half-crazed idiots that hijacked airplanes and piloted them on September 11, 2001, killed thousands of people. Yes, it was a network of terrorists that set it up, but it's just one nut job to follow it through. So as we continue to watch what's unfolding in Israel, pray for Jerusalem, pray for Israel, and what's going on over there, we must not be ignorant of the fact that we assisted in this atrocity by giving money to a nation that hates the Jews, that hates us, a nation that basically is based on hatred, and that is the $6 billion we gave to Iran. Oh, no, you didn't hear about it when it happened. Maybe a little blurb that night, you know. Ten seconds. Oh, and by the way, today President Joe Biden gave $6 million to Iran. In our next story, Winnie the Pooh celebrated his 90th birthday today, or whatever. You see, that's the way the news approaches it. That's the way the media approaches it. That is the ignorance they continue to promote with the American public. Now, as we publish this podcast, let me tell you that I've just found out, because it's come out publicly, that apparently Qatar is involved, and that U.S. officials and the government of Qatar, which is holding the money in, like, escrow, have said they are going to stop the Iranians from accessing this $6 billion. Apparently, the money was put in escrow somewhere in Qatar, and Qatar has to agree to give the money to the Iranians. They're like a broker or something. Um, but nonetheless, it just reinforces the fact that it's there. And furthermore, it's kind of like a oh crap moment, if you know what I mean. They found out about the $6 billion. They touted that we gave the $6 billion to Iran. Everybody knows that Iran supports terrorism and hates America. And so they said, oh, my God, we better do something. So they go to Qatar and they said, well, let's quick to say here's the way it works. That money is supposed to be used for humanitarian efforts. Apparently the deal, which is financed by Iranian oil sales, allows not the government, they say, but Iranian entities to access the funds if they provide extensive documentation showing the money will be used for humanitarian purposes. Which, do you really think that the Iranians who chant death to America on a regular basis are going to tell the truth? No, of course they're not, you know. But keep in mind, as I've said before, what the government wants is your vote. Once they get your vote, they'll take your money. But what they need is your ignorance. Fortunately for you and I, we don't have to be ignorant anymore where the government is concerned. Ignorance. The main sin that will do you in. Brother Chuck here from the pulpit of the Church of Common Sense. Things will be just fine Everything can be In a state of total bliss When ignorance is your state of mind Now we'll feed you just what you want to hear Wash it down with what you will accept We bet you'll eat it up because You're too dumb to look it up yourself Be right. 
as long as you don't know, we don't know things will be just fine. Everything could be in a state of total bliss when ignorance is your state of mind. Yeah, we're gonna have our way just us than you and you're gonna have to pay because we get to vote on what we get to do Stay.